0: CD 4 What are you best at, then? snapped Anagramma. Tiffany, her mind still full of sheep, spoke without thinking. Soft Nellies, she said. It's a sheep cheese. It's quite hard to make. She looked around at the circle of blank faces and felt embarrassment rise inside her like hot jelly. Um, Anagramma meant what magic can you do best? said Petulia, kindly. Although... Soft Nellies is good, said Anagramma with a cruel little smile. One or two of the girls gave that little snort that meant they were trying not to laugh out loud but didn't mind showing that they were trying. Tiffany looked down at her boots again. I don't know, she mumbled. But I did throw the Queen of the Fairies out of my country. Really, said Anagramma. The Queen of the Fairies, eh? How did you do that? I'm not sure. I just got angry with her and it was hard to remember exactly what had happened that night. Tiffany recalled the anger, the terrible anger, and the world changing. She'd seen it clearer than a hawk sees, heard it better than a dog hears, felt its age beneath her feet, felt the hills still living, and she remembered thinking that no one could do this for long and still be human. "'Well, you've got the right boots for stamping your foot,' said Anagramma. There were a few more half-concealed giggles.' "'A queen of the fairies,' she added. "'I'm sure you did. "'Well, it helps to dream.' "'I don't tell lies,' mumbled Tiffany, "'but no one was listening. "'Sullen and upset, "'she watched the girls open the corners "'and summon the circle, "'unless she'd got that the wrong way round. "'This went on for some time. "'It would have gone better "'if they'd all been sure what to do, "'but it was probably hard to know what to do "'when Anagramma was around, "'since she kept correcting everyone. "'She was standing with a big book open in her arms.' Now, you, Gertrude, go Widdishins. No, that's the other way round. I must have told you literally a thousand times. And Lulu, where's Lulu? Well, you shouldn't have been there. Get the shriven chalice. Not that one. No, the one without handles. Yes. Harrietta, hold the wand of the air a bit higher. I mean, it must be in the air you understand. And for goodness sake, Petulia, please try to look a little bit more stately, will you? I appreciate it doesn't come naturally to you, but you might at least show you're making an effort. By the way, I be meaning to tell you, no invocation ever written starts with "um," unless I'm very much mistaken. Harrietta, is that the cauldron of the sea? Does it even look like a cauldron of the sea? I don't think so. Do you? What was that noise? The girls looked down. Then someone mumbled them dimity trod on the circle of infinity anagramma not the one with the genuine seed pearls on it said anagramma in a tight little voice um yes said petulia but i'm sure she's very sorry um shall i make a cup of tea the book slammed shut what is the point said anagramma to the world in general what is the point Do you want to spend the rest of your lives as village witches, curing boils and warts for a cup of tea and a biscuit? Well, do you? There was a shuffling among the huddled witches and a general murmur of no anagramma. You did all read Mrs Earwig's book, didn't you? She demanded. Well, did you? Petulia raised her hand nervously. Um, she began. Petulia, I've told you literally a million times not to start every... Single sentence with um, haven't I? Um, said Petulia, trembling with nervousness. Just speak up for goodness sake, don't hesitate all the time. Um, Petulia? Um, really, you might make an effort. Honestly, I don't know what's the matter with all of you. I do, Tiffany thought. You're like a dog worrying sheep all the time. You don't give them time to obey you, and you don't let them know when they've done things right. You just keep barking. Petulia had lapsed into tongue tied silence. Anagramma put the book down on the log. Well, we've completely lost the moment, she said. We may as well have that cup of tea, Petulia. Do hurry up. Petulia, relieved, grabbed the kettle. People relaxed a little. Tiffany looked at the cover of the book. It read, The Higher Magic by Lettuce Earwig, which... Magic with a K, she said aloud. Magic. K- k- k. That's deliberate said Anagramma coldly. Mrs. Earwig says that if we are to make any progress at all, we must distinguish the higher magic from the everyday sort. The everyday sort of magic, said Tiffany. Exactly. None of that mumbling in hedgerows for us. Proper sacred circles, spells written down, a proper hierarchy, not everyone running around doing whatever they feel like. Real wands, not bits of grubby stick. Professionalism with respect. Absolutely no warts. That's the only way forward. Well, I think, Tiffany began. I don't really care what you think because you don't know enough yet, said Anagramma sharply. She turned to the group in general. Do we all at least have something for the trials this year? she asked. There were general murmurs and nods on the theme of yes. What about you, Petulia? said Anagramma. I'm going to do the pig trick, Anagramma. Said Petulia meekly. Good. You're nearly good at that, said Anagramma, and pointed around the circle from one girl to another, nodding at their answers until she came to Tiffany. Soft Nellies, she said to sniggering amusement. What are witch trials? said Tiffany. Miss Level mentioned them, but I don't know what they are. Anagramma gave one of her noisy sighs. You tell her, Petulia, she said. You brought her after all. Hesitantly, with lots of ums and glances at anagramma, Petulia explained about the witch trials. Um, it was a time when witches from all over the mountains could meet up and um, see old friends, and um, pick up the latest news and gossip. Ordinary people could come along too, and there was a fair and um sideshows. It was quite an um big event, and in the afternoon, all the witches that um wanted to could show off a spell or um something they'd been working on, which was very um popular. To Tiffany, they sounded like sheepdog trials, without the dogs or the sheep. They were in Sheer Cliff this year, which was quite close. And is there a prize? she asked. Um oh no, said Petulia. It's all done in the spirit of fun and good fellow um good sistership. Ha said Anagramma. Not even she will believe that "'It's all a fix, anyway. "'They'll all applaud Mistress Weatherwax. "'She always wins whatever she does. "'She just messes up people's minds. "'She just fools them into thinking she's good. "'She wouldn't last five minutes against a wizard. "'They do real magic. "'And she dresses like a scarecrow, too. "'It's ignorant old women like her "'who keep witchcraft rooted in the past, "'as Mrs. Earwick points out in Chapter One.' "'One or two girls looked uncertain.' Petulia even looked over her shoulder. Um, people do say she's done amazing things, Anagrammer, she said, and, um, they say she can spy on people miles away. Yes, they say that, said Anagrammer. That's because they're all frightened of her. She's such a bully. That's all she does, bully people and mess up their heads. That's old witchcraft, that is. Just one step away from cackling, in my opinion. She's half-cracked now, they say. She didn't seem cracked to me. Who said that? "'snapped Anagramma. "'Everyone looked at Tiffany, "'who wished she hadn't spoken, "'but now there was nothing for it but to go on. "'She was just a bit old and stern,' she said, "'but she was quite polite. "'She didn't cackle. "'You've met her?' "'Yes.' "'She spoke to you, did she?' "'snarled Anagramma. "'Was that before or after you kicked out the Fairy Queen?' "'Just after,' said Tiffany. "'who was not used to this sort of thing. "'She turned up on a broomstick,' she added. "'I am telling the truth.' "'Of course you are,' said Anagrammer, smiling grimly. "'And she congratulated you, I expect.' "'Not really,' said Tiffany. "'She seemed pleased, but it was hard to tell.' "'And then Tiffany said something really, really stupid. "'Long afterward, and long after all sorts of things had happened, "'she'd go, la-la-la-la, to blot out the memory "'whenever something reminded her of that evening.' She said, She did give me this hat. And they said, all of them, with one voice, What hat? Petulia took her back to the cottage. She did her best and assured Tiffany that she believed her, but Tiffany knew she was just being nice. Miss Level tried to talk to her as she ran upstairs, but she bolted her door, kicked off her boots, and lay down on the bed with the pillow over her head to drown out the laughter echoing inside. Downstairs there was some muffled conversation between Petulia and Miss Level and then the sound of the door closing as Petulia left. After a while there was a scraping noise as Tiffany's boots were dragged across the floor and arranged neatly under the bed. Oswald was never off duty. After another while the laughter died down, although she was sure it had never go completely. Tiffany could feel the hat. At least, she had been able to feel it. The virtual hat on her real head but no one could see it, and Petulia had even waved a hand back and forth over Tiffany's head and encountered a complete absence of hat. The worst part, and it was hard to find the worst part, so humiliatingly bad had it been, was hearing Anna Grammer say, "'No, don't laugh at her, that's too cruel. She's just foolish, that's all. "'I told you the old woman messes with people's heads.' Tiffany's first thoughts were running around in circles. Her second thoughts were caught up in the storm. Only her third thoughts, which were very weak, came up with, Even though your world is completely and utterly ruined and can never be made better, no matter what, and you're completely inconsolable, it would be nice if you heard someone bringing some soup upstairs. The third thoughts got Tiffany off the bed and over to the door, where they guided her hand to slide the bolt back. Then they let her... herself on the bed again. A few minutes later there was a creak of footsteps on the landing. It's nice to be right. Miss Level knocked, then came in after a decent pause. Tiffany heard the tray go down on the table, then felt the bed move as a body sat down on it. Petulia is a capable girl, I've always thought, said Miss Level after a while. She'll make some village a very serviceable witch one day. Tiffany stayed silent. "'She told me all about it,' said Miss Level. "'Miss Tick never mentioned the hat, "'but if I was you, "'I wouldn't have told her about it anyway. "'It sounds the sort of thing "'Mistress Weatherwax would do. "'You know, sometimes it helps "'to talk about these things.' "'More silence from Tiffany. "'Actually, that's not true,' Miss Level added, "'but as a witch, I am incredibly inquisitive "'and would love to know more.' "'That had no effect either.' Miss Levels sighed and stood up. I'll leave the soup, but if you let it get too cold, Oswald will try to take it away. She went downstairs. Nothing stirred in the room for about five minutes. Then there was the faintest of tinkles as the soup began to move. Tiffany's hand shot out and gripped the tray firmly. That's the job of third thoughts. First and second thoughts might understand your current tragedy, but something has to remember that you haven't eaten since lunchtime. Afterwards, and after Oswald had speedily taken the empty bowl away, Tiffany lay in the dark, staring at nothing. The novelty of this new country had taken all her attention in the past few days. But now, that had drained away in the storm of laughter, and homesickness rushed to fill the empty spaces. She missed the sounds and the sheep and the silences of the chalk. She missed seeing the blackness of the hills from her bedroom window, outlined against the stars. She missed part of herself. But they'd laughed at her. They'd said, what hat? And they'd laughed even more when she'd raised her hand to touch the invisible brim and hadn't found it. She'd touched it every day for 18 months, and now it had gone. And she couldn't make a shamble and she just had a green dress where all the other girls wore black ones. Anna Grammer had a lot of jewellery, too, in black and silver. All the other girls had shambles, too, beautiful ones. Who cared if they were just for show? Perhaps she wasn't a witch at all. Oh, she'd defeated the Queen, with the help of the little men and the memory of Granny Aching, but she hadn't used magic. She wasn't sure now what she had used. She'd felt... "'Something go down through the soles of her boots, "'down through the hills and through the years, "'and come back loud and roaring in a rage that shook the sky. "'How dare you invade my world, my land, my life!' "'But what had the virtual hat done for her? "'Perhaps the old woman had tricked her, "'had just made her think there was a hat there. "'Perhaps she was a bit cracked, like Anagramma had said.' and had just got things wrong. Perhaps Tiffany should go home and make soft Nellies for the rest of her life. Tiffany turned around and crawled down the bed and opened her suitcase. She pulled out the rough box, opened it in the dark, and closed a hand around the lucky stone. She'd hoped that there'd be some kind of spark, some kind of friendliness in it, but there was none. There was just the roughness of the outside of the stone smoothness on the face where it is split and the sharpness between the two. The piece of sheep's wool did nothing but make her fingers smell of sheep and this made her long for home and feel even more upset. The silver horse was cold. Only someone quite close would have heard the sob. It was quite faint but it was carried on the dark red wings of misery. She wanted longed for the hiss of wind in the turf and the feel of centuries under her feet. She wanted that sense which had never left her before of being where Achings had lived for thousands of years. She needed blue butterflies and the sounds of sheep and the big empty skies. Back home, when she'd felt upset, she'd gone up to the remains of the old shepherding hut and sat there for a while. That had always worked. It was a long way away now, too far. Now she was full of a horrible, heavy, dead feeling and there was nowhere to leave it. And it wasn't how things were supposed to go. Where was the magic? Oh, she understood that you had to learn about the basic everyday craft. But when did the witch part turn up? She'd been trying to learn, she really had, and she was turning into, well, a good worker, a handy girl with potions and a reliable person. Dependable, like Miss Level. She'd expected, well, what? Well, to be doing serious witch stuff, you know. Broomsticks, magic, guarding the world against evil forces in a noble yet modest way. And then also doing good for poor people because she was a really nice person. And the people she'd seen in the picture had had rather less messy ailments and their children didn't have such runny noses. Mr Weevall's flying toenails weren't in it anywhere. Some of them boomeranged. She got sick on broomsticks every time. She couldn't even make a shamble. She was going to spend her days running around after people who, to be honest, could sometimes be doing a bit more for themselves. No magic, no flying, no secrets, just toenails and bogeys. She belonged to the chalk. Every day she told the hills what they were. Every day they told her who she was but now she couldn't hear them. Outside, it began to rain quite hard, and in the distance Tiffany heard the mutter of thunder. What would Granny Aching have done? But even folded in the wings of despair, she knew the answer to that. Granny Aking never gave up. She'd search all night for a lost lamb. She lay looking at nothing for a while, and then lit the candle by the bed and swivelled her legs onto the floor. This couldn't wait until the morning. Tiffany had a little trick for seeing the hat. If you moved your hand behind it quickly, there was a slight, brief blurriness to what you saw, as though the light coming through the invisible hat took a little more time. It had to be there. Well, the candle should give enough light to be sure. If the hat was there, everything would be fine, and it wouldn't matter what other people thought. She stood in the middle of the carpet while lightning danced across the mountains outside and closed her eyes. Down in the garden, the apple tree branches flayed in the wind, the dream catchers and curse nets clashing and jingling. See me, she said. The world went quiet, totally silent. It hadn't done that before. But Tiffany tiptoed around until she knew she was opposite herself and opened her eyes again. And there she was. And so was the hat as clear as it had ever been. And the image of Tiffany below, a young girl in a green dress, opened its eyes and smiled at her and said, We see you. Now we are you. Tiffany tried to shout, See me not, but there was no mouth to shout. Lightning struck somewhere nearby. The window blew in. The candle flame flew out in a streamer of fire and died. And then... There was only darkness and a hiss of the rain. Chapter 6. The Hiver Thunder rolled across the chalk. Jeannie carefully opened the package that her mother had given her on the day she'd left the Long Lake Mound. It was a traditional gift, one that every young Kelder got when she went away, never to return. Kelders could never go home. Kelders were home. The gift was this, memory. Inside the bag were a triangle of tanned sheepskin, three wooden stakes, a length of string twisted out of nettle fibres, a tiny leather bottle, and a hammer. She knew what to do, because she'd seen her mother do it many times. The hammer was used to bang in the stakes around the smouldering fire. The string was used to tie the three corners of the leather triangle to the stakes, so that it sagged in the centre, just enough to hold a small bucketful of water, which Jeannie had drawn herself from a deep well. She knelt down and waited until the water very slowly began to seep through the leather, then built up the fire. She was aware of all the eyes of the fegals in the shadowy galleries around and above her. None of them would come near her while she was boiling the cauldron. They'd rather chop off their own legs. This was pure hidlins And this was what a cauldron really was, back in the days before humans had worked copper or poured iron. It looked like magic. It was supposed to. But if you knew the trick, you could see how the cauldron would boil dry before the leather burned. When the water in the skin was steaming, she damped down the fire and added to the water the contents of the little leather bottle, which contained some of the water from her mother's cauldron. That's how it had always gone from mother to daughter since the very beginning. Jeanie waited until the cauldron had cooled some more, then took up a cup, filled it, and drank. There was a sigh from the shadowy feagles. She lay back and closed her eyes, waiting. Nothing happened except that the thunder rattled the land and the lightning turned the world black and white. And then, so gently that it had already happened before she realised that it was starting to happen, the past caught up with her. There, around her, were all the old kelders, starting with her mother her grandmothers, their mothers, back until there was no one to remember. One big memory, carried for a while by many, worn and hazy in parts, but old as a mountain. But all the Fiegels knew about that. Only the kelder knew about the real hidling, which was this. The river of memory wasn't a river. It was a sea. Kelders yet to be born would remember one day. On nights yet to come they'd lie by their cauldron and become, for a few minutes, part of the eternal sea. By listening to unborn kelders, remembering their past, you remember your future. You needed skill to find those faint voices, and Jeannie did not have all of it yet, but something was there. As lightning turned the world to black and white again, she sat bolt upright. "'It's found her,' she whispered. "'Oh, the poor wee thing!' Rain had soaked into the rug when Tiffany woke up. Damp daylight spilled into the room. She got up and closed the windows. A few leaves had blown in. Oh, okay. It hadn't been a dream. She was certain of that. Something strange had happened. The tips of her fingers were tingling. She felt different, but not now that she took stock. In a bad way, no. Last night she'd felt awful, but now, now... She felt full of life. Actually, she felt happy. She was going to take charge. She was going to take control of her life. Get up and go had got up and come. The green dress was rumpled and really it needed a wash. She had her old blue one in the chest of drawers, but somehow it didn't seem right to wear it now. She'd have to make do with the green one until she could get another one. She went to put on her boots, then stopped and stared at them. They just wouldn't do, not now. She got the new shiny ones out of her case and wore them instead. She found both of Miss Level was out in the wet garden in her nightie, sadly picking up bits of Dreamcatcher and fallen apples. Even some of the garden ornaments had been smashed, although the madly grinning gnomes had unfortunately escaped destruction. Miss Level brushed her hair out of one pair of her eyes and said, ''Very, very strange. All the curse nets seem to have exploded.'' Even the boredom stones are discharged. Did you notice anything? No, Miss Level, said Tiffany meekly. And all the old shambles in the workroom are in pieces. I mean, I know they are really only ornamental and have next to no power left, but something really strange must have happened. Both of her gave Tiffany a look that Miss Level probably thought was very sly and cunning, but it made her look slightly ill. The Storm seemed a touch magical to me. "'I suppose you girls weren't doing anything odd last night, were you, dear?' "'She said. "'No, Miss Level. "'I thought they were a bit silly. "'Because, you see, Oswald seems to have gone,' said Miss Level. "'He's very sensitive to atmospheres.' "'It took Tiffany a moment to understand what she was talking about. "'Then she said, "'But he's always here.' "'Yes, ever since I can remember.' "'said Miss Level. "'Have you tried putting a spoon in the knife section?' "'Yes, of course. "'Not so much as a rattle. "'Dropped an apple core? "'He always... "'That was the first thing I tried. "'How about the salt and sugar trick?' "'Miss Level hesitated. "'Well, no,' she brightened up. "'He does love that one, "'so he's bound to turn up, yes?' "'Tiffany found a big bag of salt "'and another of sugar "'and poured both of them into a bowl. "'Then she stirred up the fine white crystals "'with her hand. She'd found this was the ideal way of keeping Oswald occupied while they did the cooking. Sorting the salt and sugar grains back into the right bags could take him an entire happy afternoon. But now the mixture just lay there, Oswaldless. Oh, well, I'll search the house, said Miss Level, as if that was a good way of finding an invisible person. Go and see to the goats, will you, dear? And then we'll have to try to remember how to do the washing up. Tiffany let the goats out of the shed. Usually, Black Meg immediately went and stood on the milking platform and gave her an expectant look as if to say, I've thought up a new trick. But not today. When Tiffany looked inside the shed, the goats were huddled in the dark at the far end. They panicked, nostrils flaring, and scampered around as she went towards them, but she managed to grab Black Meg by her collar. The goat twisted and fought her as she dragged her out towards the milking stand. Meg climbed up because it was either that or have her head pulled off then stood there snorting and bleating. Tiffany stared at the goat. Her bones felt as though they were itching. She wanted to do things, climb the highest mountain, leap into the sky, run around the world. And she thought, this is silly. I start every day with a battle of wits, with an animal. Well, let's show this creature who is in charge. She picked up the broom that was used for sweeping out the milking parlour Black Meg's slot eyes widened in fear, and wham! went the broom. It hit the milking stand. Tiffany hadn't intended to miss like that. She'd wanted to give Meg the wallop the creature richly deserved, but somehow the stick had twisted in her hand. She raised it again, but the look in her eye and the whack on the wood had achieved the right effect. Meg cowered. No more games, hissed Tiffany, lowering the stick. The goat stood as still as a log. Tiffany milked her out, took the pail back into the dairy, weighed it, chalked up the amount on the slate by the door and tipped the milk into a big bowl. The rest of the goats were nearly as bad, but a herd learns fast. Altogether they gave three gallons, which was pretty pitiful for ten goats. Tiffany chalked this up without enthusiasm and stood staring at it, fiddling with the chalk. What was the point of this? Yesterday she'd been full of plans for experimental cheeses, but now cheese was dull. Why was she here, doing silly chores, helping people too stupid to help themselves? She could be doing anything. She looked down at the scrubbed wooden table. Help me. Someone had written on the wood in chalk, and the piece of chalk was still in her hand. Petulia's come to see you, dear, said Miss Level behind her. "'Tiffany quickly shifted a milking bucket over the words "'and turned around guiltily. "'What?' she said. "'Why?' "'Just to see if you're all right, I think,' "'said Miss Level, watching Tiffany carefully. "'The dumpy girl stood very nervously on the doorstep, "'her pointy hat in her hands. "'Um, I just thought I ought to see how you, um, are,' "'she muttered, looking Tiffany squarely in the boots. "'Um, I don't think anyone really wanted to be unkind.' "'You're not very clever, and you're too fat,' said Tiffany. She stared at the round pink face for a moment and knew things. And, you still have a teddy bear, help me, and you believe in fairies. She slammed the door, went back to the dairy, and stared at the bowls of milk and curds as if she was seeing them for the first time. Good with cheese. That was one of the things everyone remembered about her. Tiffany aching, brown hair, good with cheese. But now the dairy looked all wrong and unfamiliar. She gritted her teeth. Good with cheese. Was that really what she wanted to be? Of all the things people could be in the world, did she want to be known just as a dependable person to have around rotted milk? Did she really want to spend all day scrubbing slabs and washing pails and plates and... and, and that weird wire thing just there, that, that, that cheese cutter? That cheese cutter? Did she want her whole life to... Hold on. ''Who's there?'' said Tiffany. ''Did someone just say cheese-cutter?'' She peered around the room, as if someone could be hiding behind the bundles of dried herbs. It couldn't have been Oswald. He'd gone, and he never spoke in any case. Tiffany grabbed the pail, spat on her hand, and rubbed out the chalked help me. Tried to rub it out, but her hand gripped the edge of the table and held it firmly no matter how much she pulled.' She flailed with her left hand, managing to knock over a pail of milk which washed across the letters and her right hand let go suddenly. The door was pushed open. Both of Miss Level was there. When she pulled herself together like that, standing side by side, it was because she felt she had something important to say. I have to say, Tiffany, that I think you were very nasty to Petulia just now. She went off crying. She stared at Tiffany's face. Are you all right, child? Tiffany shuddered. Um, yes, fine. Feel a bit odd. Heard a voice in my head. Gone now. Miss Level looked at her with her heads on one side, right and left in different directions. If you're sure, then, I'll get changed. We'd better leave soon. There's a lot to do today. A lot to do, said Tiffany weakly. Well, yes. There's "'Slapwig's leg, and I've got to see to the Grimly Baby, "'and it's been a week since i visited Surly Bottom, "'and let's see, Mr. Plover's got gnats again, "'and I'd better just find a moment to have a word with Mr. Slopes, "'and then there's Mr. Weevall's lunch to cook. "'I think I'll have to do that here and run down with it for him. "'And, of course, Mrs. Fanlight is near her time, and,' she sighed, "'so is Miss Hoblow again. "'It's going to be a full day.' It's really hard to fit it all in. Really, it is. Tiffany thought, you stupid woman, standing there looking worried because you haven't got time to give people everything they demand. Do you think you could ever give them enough help? Greedy, lazy, dumb people, always wanting all the time. The Grimley baby? Mrs Grimley's got eleven children. Who'd miss one? Mr Weevil's dead already. He just won't go. You think they're grateful "'but all they're doing is making sure you come round again. "'That's not gratitude, that's just insurance.' "'The thought horrified part of her, "'but it had turned up and it flamed there in her head, "'just itching to escape from her mouth. "'Things need tidying up here,' she muttered. "'Oh, I can do that while we're gone,' said Miss Level cheerfully. "'Come on, let's have a smile. There's lots to do.' "'There was always lots to do,' Tiffany growled in her head "'as she trailed after Miss Level to the first village.' "'Lots and lots, and it never made any difference. "'There was no end to the wanting. "'They went from one grubby, smelly cottage to another, "'ministering to people too stupid to use soap, "'drinking tea from cracked cups, "'gossiping with old women with fewer teeth than toes. "'It made her feel ill. "'It was a bright day, but it seemed to darken as they walked on. "'The feeling was like a thunderstorm inside her head. "'Then the daydreams began.' She was helping to splint the broken arm of some dull child when she glanced up and saw her reflection in the glass of the cottage window. She was a tiger, with huge fangs. She yelped and stood up. ''Oh, do be careful,'' said Miss Level, and then saw her face. ''Is there something wrong?'' she asked. ''I, I, 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 something bit me,'' lied Tiffany. ''That was a safe bet in these places. The fleas bit the rats, and the rats bit the children. She managed to get out into daylight, her head spinning,'' Miss Level came out a few minutes later and found her leaning against the wall, shaking. You look dreadful, she said. Ferns, said Tiffany. Everywhere, big ferns uh, and big things like cows made out of lizards. She turned a wide, mirthless smile onto Miss Level, who took a step back. You can eat them, she blinked. What's happening, she whispered. I don't know, but I'm coming right down here at this minute to fetch you, said Miss Level. I'm on the broomstick right now. They laughed at me when I said I could trap one. Well, who's laughing now? Tell me that, eh? Miss Level's expression of concern turned into something close to panic. That didn't sound like your voice. That sounded like a man. Do you feel all right? Feel crowded, murmured Tiffany. Crowded, said Miss Level. Strange memories. Help me. Tiffany looked at her arm. It had scales on it. Now it had hair on it. Now it was smooth and brown and holding... ''A scorpion sandwich?'' she said. ''Can you hear me?'' asked Miss Level, her voice a long way away. ''You're delirious. Are you sure you girls haven't been playing with potions or anything like that?'' The broomstick dropped out of the sky and the other part of Miss Level nearly fell off. Without speaking, both of Miss Level got Tiffany onto the stick and part of Miss Level got on behind her. It didn't take long to fly back to the cottage.' Tiffany spent the flight with her mind full of hot cotton wool and wasn't at all certain where she was, although her body did know and threw up again. Miss Level helped her off the stick and sat her on the garden seat just outside the cottage door. Now, you just wait there, said Miss Level, who dealt with emergencies by talking incessantly and using the word just too often because it's a calming word, and I'll just get you a drink and then we'll just see what the matter is. "'There was a pause, and then the stream of words came out of the house again, "'dragging Miss Level after them. "'And I'll just check on... things. "'Just drink this, please.' "'Tiffany drank the water, and, out of the corner of her eye, "'saw Miss Level weaving string around an egg. "'She was trying to make a shamble without Tiffany noticing. "'Strange images were floating around Tiffany's mind. "'There were scraps of voices, fragments of memories, "'and one little voice that was her own, small and defiant and getting fainter. "'You're not me!' "'You just think you are. Someone help me.' "'Now then,' said Miss Level, "'let's just see what we can see.' "'The shamble exploded, not just into pieces, "'but into fire and smoke.' "'Oh, Tiffany,' said Miss Level, frantically waving smoke away. "'Are you all right?' "'Tiffany stood up slowly. "'It seemed to Miss Level that she was slightly taller than she remembered. "'Yes.' "'I think I am,' said Tiffany.' "'I think I've been all wrong, but now I'm all right. "'And I've been wasting my time, Miss Level.' "'What?' Miss Level began. "'Tiffany pointed a finger at her. "'I know why you had to leave the circus, Miss Level,' she said. "'It had to do with the clown floppo, the trick ladder, and some custard.' "'Miss Level went pale. "'How could you possibly know that?' "'Just by looking at you,' said Tiffany, pushing past her into the dairy.' Watch this, Miss Level. She pointed a finger. A wooden spoon rose an inch from the table. Then it began to spin faster and faster until, with a cracking sound, it broke into splinters. They whirled away across the room. And I can do this, Tiffany shouted. She grabbed a bowl of curds, tipped them out onto the table, and waved a hand at them. They turned into a cheese. Now that's what cheese making should be, she said. To think that I spent stupid years learning the hard way. That's how a real witch does it. Why do we crawl in the dirt, Miss Level? Why do we amble around with herbs and bandage smelly old men's legs? Why do we get paid with eggs and stale cakes? Anagramma is as stupid as a hen, but even she can see it's wrong. Why don't we use magic? Why are you so afraid? Miss Level tried to smile. "'Tiffany, dear, we all go through this,' she said, and her voice was shaking, "'though not as explosively as you, I have to say. "'And the answer is, well, it's dangerous.' "'Yes, but that's what people always say to scare children,' said Tiffany. "'We get told stories to frighten us, to keep us scared. "'Don't go into the big bad woods. "'Help me, because it's full of scary things. "'That's what we're told. "'But really, the big bad woods should be scared of us. "'I'm going out.' "'I think that would be a good idea.' said Miss Level weakly, until you behave. ''I don't have to do things your way,'' snarled Tiffany, slamming the door behind her. Miss Level's broomstick was leaning against the wall a little way away. Tiffany stopped and stared at it, her mind on fire. She'd tried to keep away from it. Miss Level had wheedled her into a trial flight with Tiffany clinging on tightly with arms and legs while both of Miss Level ran alongside her, holding on to ropes and making encouraging noises.' They had stopped when Tiffany threw up for the fourth time. Well, that was then. She grabbed the stick, swung a leg over it, and found that her other foot stuck to the ground as though nailed there. The broomstick swung round wildly as she tried to pull it up, and when the boot was finally tugged off the ground, the stick turned over so that Tiffany was upside down. This is not the best position in which to make a grand exit. She said quietly, I am not going to learn you... You are going to learn me, or the next lesson will involve an axe. The broomstick turned upright, then gently rose. Right, said Tiffany. There was no fear this time. There was just impatience. The ground dropping away below her didn't worry her at all. If it didn't have the sense to stay away from her, she'd hit it. As the stick drifted away, there was whispering in the long grass of the garden. "'Ach, we're too late, Rob. That was the hiver that was.' "'Aye, but y- did you see that foot? It's nae one yet. Ur hag's in there somewhere. She's fighting it. It canna win until it's taken the last scrap o' her. Woolly, will ye stop trying to grab them apples?' "'Aye, uh, sorry I am to say this, Rob, but no one can fight a hiver. 'Tis It is like fighting yourself. The more ye fight, the more it'll tucker yer. And when it has all a yer uh, wash out your mouth with hedgehog pee, big yan. That is not going to happen. Griffins, here comes the big hag. Half of Miss Level stepped out into the ruined garden. She stared up at the departing broomstick shaking her head. Dart Woolly was stuck out in the open, where he'd been trying to snag a fallen apple. He turned to flee and would have got clean away if he hadn't run straight into a pottery garden gnome. He bounced off, stunned and staggered wildly, trying to focus on the big, fat, chubby-cheeked figure in front of him. He was far too angry to hear the click of the garden gate and the soft tread of approaching footsteps. When it comes to choosing between running and fighting, a feagle doesn't think twice. He doesn't think at all. "'What are yer grinning at, pal?' he demanded. "'Oh, aye, you reckon you're a big manny eh? just because ye you's got a fishing rod.' He grabbed a pink pointy ear in each hand and aimed his head at what turned out to be quite a hard pottery nose. It smashed, anyway, as things tend to do in these circumstances, but it did slow the little man down and cause him to stagger in circles. Too late, he saw Miss Level bearing down on him from the doorway. He turned to flee right into the hands of also Miss Level. Her fingers closed around him. "'I'm a witch, you know,' she said, "'and if you don't stop struggling this minute,' I will subject you to the most dreadful torture. Do you know what that is? Daft Woolly shook his head in terror. Long years of juggling had given Miss Level a grip like steel. Down in the long grass the rest of the feagles listened so hard it hurt. Miss Level brought him a little closer to her mouth. I'll let you go right now without giving you a taste of the twenty-year-old macabre single malt... "'I have in my cupboard,' she said. "'Rob Anybody leapt up. "'Ach, Criven's mistress, what a thing to taunt a body We "'Do you no know have a drop of mercy in you?' he shouted. "'You're a cruel hag indeed, te-. "'He stopped. Miss Level was smiling. "'Rob Anybody looked around, flung his sword on the ground and said, "'Ach, Criven's!' "'The Knack Macfiegel respected witches, even if they did call them hags.' and this one had brought out a big loaf and a whole bottle of whisky on the table for the taking. You had to respect someone like that. Of course I'd heard of you, and Miss Tick mentioned you, she said, watching the meat, which is not something to be done lightly. But I always thought you were just a myth. Aye, we'll, we'll stay that way if he don't mind, said Rob anybody, and belched. Tis bad enough with em. Arky Ollie G men wanting to dig up her moons. We oot them folklore ladies wanting to tack pictures of us and all that. And you watch over Tiffany's farm, mister Anybody? Aye, we do that. And we dinna ask any reward, said Rob Anybody, stoutly. Aye, we just tack a few wee eggs and fruits and old clothes, and Daft woolly began. Rob gave him a look. Er uh, was that one of those times when I shouldn't open my big fat mouth? said Woolly. ''Aye, it was,'' said Rob. He turned back to both of Miss Level. ''Maybe we'd tack the odd bitty thing lying aboot.'' ''In locked cupboards and such,'' added Daft Woolly happily. ''But it's no mist, and we keeps an eye on the ship's in payment. said Rob, glaring at his brother. ''You can see the sea from down there,'' said Miss Level, entering that state of general bewilderment that most people fell into when talking to the Fiegels. ''Rob, anybody means the sheep?'' Said Awfully Wee Billy. Gonegles know a bit more about language. Aye, I said so, ships, said Rob. Anybody. "'Anywhere, aye, we watch her farm. She's the hag over our hills, like her granny, he added proudly. It's through her the hills know they are alive. And a hiver is. Rob hesitated. Dunno the proper hagging we are talking about it, he said. Awfully Wee Billy, you know them lang Billy swallowed. There's old poems, mistress. It's like a, a, a mind view to body, except it disna think. Some say it's nothing but a fear and it never dies. And what it does his tiny face wrinkled. It's like them things you get on sheep, he decided. The feegles who weren't eating and drinking came to his aid. Horns wolves, tails, legs chairs, this was Dart Woolley. Sheep ticks, said Billy thoughtfully. Up Parasite, you mean, said Miss Level. Aye, that could be the word, said Billy. It creeps in, ye ken. It looks for folks with power and strength. Kings, ye ken, Magicians, leaders. They say that way back in time, afore there was people, it lived in beasts. The strongest beasts, you ken, The one with big, big teeths. And when it finds you, it waits for a chance to creep into your head and it becomes you. The feagles fell silent, watching Miss Level. Be come to you, she said. Aye, we your memories and all, only it changes ye. It gives ye a lot of power, but it takes ye over, makes ye its own. And the last wee bit of ye that is still this ye, well, that'll fight and fight maybe, but it'll dwindle and dwindle until it's all gone and ye are just a memory. The feagles watched both of Miss Level. You never knew what a hag would do at a time like this. Wizards used to summon demons, she said. They may still do so, although I think it's considered so fifteen centuries ago these days. But that takes a lot of magic. And you could talk to demons, I believe, and there were rules. Never heard of a hiver talking, said Billy, or a being rules. But why would it want Tiffany, said Miss Level, she's not powerful. "'She has the power of the land in her,' said Rob Anybody stoutly. "'Tis a power that comes at need, not for doing wee conjuring tricks. "'We seen it, Mistress.' "'But Tiffany doesn't do any magic,' said Miss Level helplessly. "'She's very bright, but she can't even make a shamble. "'You must be wrong about that.' "'Any of you's lads seen the hag do any haggling lately?' "'Rob Anybody demanded.' There were a lot of shaken heads, and a shower of beads, beetles, feathers, and miscellaneous head items. "'Do you spy—I I mean, do you watch over her all the time?' said Miss Level, slightly horrified. "'Why?' said Rob, airily. "'No, in the privy, of course, and it's getting harder in her bedroom, "'cause she's blocked up a lot of the cracks for some reason.' "'I can't imagine why,' said Miss Level, carefully. "'No, worse neither,' said Rob. "'We reckon it was cause of the draughts. "'Yes, I expect that's why it was,' said Miss Level. "'So mostly we get in through a mouse hole "'and hides out in her old dolly house until she goes to sleep,' said Rob. "'Dinner look at me like that, missus. "'All the lads is perfect gentleman "'and keeps her eyes tight shut when she's getting into her nighty. "'Then there's one guarding her window and another at her door.' "'Guarding her from what?' "'Everything.' For a moment, Miss Level had a picture in her mind of a silent, moonlit bedroom with a sleeping child. She saw by the window, lit by the moon, one small figure on guard, and another in the shadows by the door. What were they guarding her from? Everything. But now something, this thing, had taken her over, and she's locked inside somewhere. But she never used to do magic. I could understand it, if it was one of the other girls messing around, but Tiffany... One of the feagles was slowly raising a hand. Yes, she said. It's me, Mistress Big Yan. I dinna know if it was proper haggling, Mistress, he said nervously. But me and Nearly Big Angus saw her doing something odd a few times, eh, Nearly Big Angus? The feagle next to him nodded, and the speaker went on. It was when she got her new dress and her new hat. And very bonny she looked too, said Nearly Big Angus. Aye, she did that. "'but she'd put them on, and then, standing in the middle of the floor, she said, "'What was it she said, "Nelly Angus?' "'See me!' Nelly Angus volunteered. Miss Level looked blank. The speaker, now looking a bit sorry that he'd raised this, went on, "'Then, after a wee while, we'd hear her voice say, "'See me not!' and then she'd adjust the hat, you know, "'maybe to a more fetching angle.' Oh, you mean, she was looking at herself in what we call a mirror, said Miss Level. That's a kind of... We can well what them things are, mistress, said nearly Big Angus. She's got a tiny one all cracked and dirty, but it's nae good for a body as wants to see herself properly. Very good for the stealing mirrors, said Rob Anybody. We got to Urgenie a silver one with garnets in the frame. And she'd say, see me, said Miss Level. "'Aye, and then see me not,' said Big Yan, "'and between times she'd stand ver still like a statue.' "'Sounds like she was trying to invent some kind of invisibility spell,' Miss Level mused. "'They don't work like that, of course.' "'We reckon she was just trying to throw her voice,' said nearly Big Angus. "'So it sounds like it's coming for somewhere else, ye ken? "'We Ian can do that a treat when we're a-hunting.' "'Throw her voice,' said Miss Level, her brow wrinkling. "'Why did you think that?' "'Cause when she said, "'See me not,' it sounded like it was new no coming fra her, "'and her lips didn't move.' Miss Level stared at the feagles. When she spoke next, her voice was a little strange. "'Tell me,' she said, "'when she was just standing there, "'was she moving at all?' Just breathing very slow, mistress, said Big Yan. Were her eyes shut? Aye. Miss Level started to breathe very fast. She walked out of her own body. There's not one. Which in a hundred who can do that? She said. That's borrowing, that is. It's better than any circus trick. It's putting your mind somewhere else. You'd have to learn how to protect yourself before you ever try it. And she just invented it because she didn't have a mirror. The little fool, why didn't she say? She walked out of her own body and left it there for anything to take over. I wonder what she thought she was doing. After a while, Rob Anybody gave a polite cough. We're better at questions about fighting, drinking and stealing, he mumbled. We dinna have the knowing of the haggling. Chapter 7 Matter of Brian. Something that called itself Tiffany flew across the treetops. It thought it was Tiffany. It could remember everything, nearly everything, about being Tiffany. It looked like Tiffany. It even thought like Tiffany, more or less. It had everything it needed to be Tiffany, except Tiffany. Except the tiny part of her that was me. It peered from her own eyes, tried to hear with her own ears, think with her own brain. A hiver took over its victim not by force exactly, but simply by moving into any space, like the hermit elephant. The hermit elephant of Hawonderland has a very thin hide except on its head, and young ones will often move into a small mud hut while the owners are out. It is far too shy to harm anyone, but most people quit their huts pretty soon after an elephant moves in. For one thing, it lifts the hut off the ground and carries it away on its back across the veldt, settling it down over any patch of nice grass that it finds. This makes housework very unpredictable. Nevertheless, an entire village of hermit elephants moving across the plains is one of the finest sights on the continent. A hiver just took you over because that was what it did, until it was in all the places and there was no room left. Except it was having trouble. It had flowed through her like a dark tide, but there was a place, tight and sealed, that was still closed. If it had the brains of a tree, it would have been puzzled. If it had had the brains of a human, it would have been frightened. Tiffany brought the broomstick in low over the trees and landed it neatly in Mrs Earwig's garden. There really was nothing to it, she decided. You just had to want it to fly. Then she was sick again, or at least tried to be, but since she'd thrown up twice in the air, there wasn't much left to be sick with. It was ridiculous. She wasn't frightened of flying anymore, but her stupid stomach was. She wiped her mouth carefully and looked around. She'd landed on a lawn. She'd heard of them, but had never seen a real one before. There was grass all around Miss Level's cottage, but that was just, well, the grass of the clearing. Every other garden she'd seen was used for growing vegetables, with perhaps just a little space for flowers, if the wife had got tough about it. A lawn meant you were posh enough to afford to give up valuable potato space. This lawn had stripes. Tiffany turned to the stick and said, Stay, and then marched across the lawn to the house. This was a lot grander than Miss Level's cottage, but from what Tiffany had heard, Mrs Earwig was a more senior witch. She'd also married a wizard, although he didn't do any wizarding these days. It was a funny thing, Miss Level said, but you didn't often meet a poor wizard. She knocked at the door and waited. There was a curse net hanging in the porch. You'd have thought that a witch wouldn't need such a thing, but Tiffany supposed they used them as decoration. There was also a broomstick leaning against the wall and a five-pointed silver star on the door. Mrs. Earwig advertised. Tiffany knocked on the door again, much harder. It was instantly opened by a tall, thin woman all in black. But it was a very decorative, rich, deep black, all lacy and ruffled, and set off with more silver jewellery than Tiffany imagined could exist. She didn't just have rings on her fingers. Some fingers had sort of silver finger gloves, designed to look like claws. She gleamed like the night sky. And she was wearing her pointy hat, which Miss Level never did at home. It was taller than any hat that Tiffany had ever seen. It had stars on it, and silver hat pins glistened. All of this should have added up to something pretty impressive. It didn't. Partly it was because there was just too much of everything, but mostly it was because of Mrs Earwig. She had a long, sharp face and looked very much as though she was about to complain about the cat from next door whittling on her lawn and she looked like that all the time. Before she spoke, she very pointedly looked at the door to see if the heavy knocking had made a mark. "'Well,' she said haughtily, or what she probably thought was haughtily. It sounded a bit strangled. "'Bless all in this house,' said Tiffany. "'What? Oh, yes. Favourable runes shine on this our meeting,' said Mrs. Earwig hurriedly. "'Well?' "'I've come to see Anna Gramma, said Tiffany. There really was too much silver. Oh, are you one of her girls, said Mrs. Earwig. Not exactly, said Tiffany. I work with Miss Level. Oh, ha, said Mrs. Earwig, looking her up and down. Green is a very dangerous colour. What is your name, child? Tiffany. Hm. said Mrs. Earwig, not approving at all. Well, you had better come in. She glanced up and made a t- -t 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 sound. "'Oh, will you look at that! "'I bought that at the craft fair over in Slice, too. "'It was very expensive. "'The curse net was hanging in tatters. "'You didn't do that, did you?' "'Mrs. Erwig demanded. "'It's too high, Mrs. Erwig,' said Tiffany. "'It's pronounced R-Widge,' said Mrs. Erwig coldly. "'Sorry, Mrs. Earwig. Come.' "'It was a strange house. "'You couldn't doubt that a witch lived in it, and not just because every door frame had a tall pointy bit cut out of the top of it to allow Mrs. Earwig's hat to pass through. Miss Level had nothing on her walls except circus posters, but Mrs. Earwig had proper big paintings everywhere, and they were all witchy. End of CD4